This is the first time you've seen my face. My name's Tom Barclay. I'm the host of the Flight Path Podcast, and we interview people who have been through bumpy flight paths. You know, if you, for example, think of it this way. Uh, if you're flying a plane, you know, there's always going to be a rough patch. You're always going to experience some turbulence, and that's what we do. So we interview people who have been through that turbulence. Now, I want to introduce you to someone named Barrett Kennett. He's the CEO and founder of FCOM, right? And this man has done so much over his life, to name a few. Stripper, founder, MMA fighter. A damn good one too. Just go on his LinkedIn, you'll see what I'm talking about. So in this podcast, we weren't just talking about, you know, a bumpy flight path. We were also talking about, you know, health, health, wellness, how to, how to stay efficient, stoicism, stuff like that, and much more. And as well as tips, including how to keep, you know, fantastic uh, company culture and how to keep customers happy and plenty more. So I just want you to sit down and listen to this podcast. If you're doing an activity, I like to listen to podcasts when I'm running, right? When I'm walking, maybe that's weird, but I recommend you do the same. Gets you in the right frame of mind. So listen to this carefully. And um, if you enjoy it, hit the big red button at the bottom and subscribe because I really want to make sure these keep going out and the subscribe button really helps boost up the algorithm. If you want to, if you want to take a few more seconds out of your day, you can like, you can comment, you can follow us on Instagram at the Flight Path Pod. Again, my name's Tom Barclay. My Instagram's at it's Tom Barclay. It's the Flight Path Podcast. Buckle up. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Flight Path Podcast. Today, we have a truly inspiring guest, Barrett Kennett. Barrett is the founder and director of Epcom Sales and Marketing, which he started about five years ago and has grown tremendously. And to start, Barrett, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on this podcast today. For those listeners who may be unfamiliar, could you please provide like a brief introduction to your background, journey, and what got you here today? Yeah, happy to, mate. So uh, yeah, just just your garden variety CV. So I grew up in, uh, I was born in Australia, but grew up in a little Caribbean island called Bermuda. Mm. Um, so that was kind of cool. And then, uh, and then just a, a normal, you know, uh, you know, everyday resume. So I was a stripper slash cage fighter. Um, so that was my job for a couple of years until I, um, broke my hand and needed to, to find a job that I, that I needed to, to use another, you know, use other skills than just punching people in the head and, uh, and settle on sales. And, and I guess the rest is history. So now we've got, um, we've got offices in the Gold Coast, Brisbane, Sunshine Coast and New Zealand just opened in New Zealand this year. Um, so it's branding pretty well. We've managed to, be, you know, been fortunate enough to win a couple of awards. Uh, we, the big one was best place to work in Australia last year in terms of um, company culture and employee satisfaction in the great place to work survey. Um, and also won a couple of personal ones as well. So it's been a, been a good ride. Uh, I think as a common trend, I, I certainly like uh, setting challenges and then winning. Um, you know, I, I'm not, not that I'm a sore loser, but I certainly don't like it. Yeah, so, yeah. so I think sort of a common theme, but yeah, I think that sort of takes us to where we are now. Good on you, man. Like, yeah, um, that's that's incredible. And the, the fact that you got the belts behind you and everything is just super inspiring for people like me and everything. We just see. Uh, I think I think martial arts is also a great um is a great tool to to show your perseverance, right? To show your not only your ability for you know love and happiness, but also your ability to be violent when needed, right? And it's and I'm a martial artist too, which is which is awesome. So it's really cool to see. Yeah, okay, but, um, karate. Yeah, no taekwondo. Uh, sixteen years. Taekwondo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. But um, no, it's beautiful. So. And, you know, if we were talking about uh, Joe Rogan before and stuff like that and people who are in that field. And it just seems that all the, you know, all the inspirational people of the day are fighters and they've got that built in. And I want to know, did this teach you leadership? Is that where you got your leadership skills from, would you say? Uh, I, I think I, think I got the leadership skills from being thrust into leadership roles, right? Because my, my issue, I, I was never a very good employee. I wasn't very good at being told what to do. And I never really had anyone who who knew how to manage people like that. Yeah. Um. And so, so I, you know, it really just came from necessity, but I think the fighting, you know, you hit it, you hit a good point. And it's something that like, it, you know, the, the two things, if, when, if I'm fortunate enough, enough to have kids, I actually get married in a couple of weeks. So, 
um you know wow, congratulations after that yeah, yeah. So that'd be good that's in, uh, i think 16 days uh so that'll oh. be that'll be good fun um congratulations. but uh but yeah well i think like the the two rules that i that my fiance and i set out or that i made sure that she agreed to was mm. the kids have to do sales at some point in their life and they have to do martial arts and and you know the theoretical kids obviously but yeah, yeah. but the reason being is if you can if you can get what you want and you can defend what you have that makes you a competent leader right if you're if you're somebody that is very good at, at ascertaining what you need to in order to further your purpose or motive or what you need preferably something that's helping others not mm. just you know totally self-motivated mm. and also good at protecting others and knowing you know, knowing that you're confident in it, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well in a lot of business deals. Some people, like you can't, you probably can't see it very well on the camera, but, but like my face has definitely been hit a lot. You know, I've got the bubble gum ears and I've got yeah, the, you yeah, know, I'm all scarred up. And, and you know, people just know not to try and push things past you in meetings. It's very, very subconscious. Not saying I'm like the toughest guy in the world. Like I'm, you know, I'm certainly out of practice, but uh, I think having those two traits, being able to sell and being able to fight, they've definitely both combined to help me to, to achieve what we are now as a business and and help me be able to extrapolate some of those traits that I can give to some of the staff and help empower them. Mm. Um, but you, you, I think the reason you see that as a commonality is because the traits that you develop from fighting, discipline, competitiveness, accountability, right, and commitment, that, you know, those are business success traits. So yeah. I think that's why you see it. I, I, I don't know which comes first, the chicken or the egg, but <laughs> I know that may fuel the well you br you bring up another point right because uh, when you when you mentioned discipline the first thing i thought of wasn't you know the ability to rise and go to sleep on time stuff like that and the discipline of you know not using your hands when you can but the discipline of emotion and the discipline of being able to control your emotion which i think is a is a core value in martial arts as well right so for example in emotional times in your business i'm sure there's been a few either you or with employees or contractors whatever it is in those emotional times if you could think of one of the best teachings you learned from martial arts that helped you with that emotion, what would it be? I, I mean, it, 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 in the simplest sense, it's like it could be worse. Like, mm. you know, like the, you, if you can survive being locked in a cage and handle the anxiety, because the, the worst part about fighting, right, isn't the fight. The worst part about the fighting is, especially if you're main eventing, if you're the last fight on the card, you, yeah. like there's two hours of just the most crippling, heinous anxiety you can ever imagine. It's it's awful, and and I think that I'm not you know, nodding like I know what that feels like. Where, but okay, I'm not. I have no idea what that feels <laughs> like. But, yeah. but knowing knowing where knowing that okay, look, I can do that. Yeah, well, I can probably handle whatever else is going on here. I think it just you know there's a there, it's it's a funny one of those uh those old proverbs right? They say that bison are one of the only animal that that when they sense a storm coming, they instead of trying to run away from the storm, they go into the storm because they know they'll get out of it quicker. And I think being able to take on, you know, take when you're trying to improve your confidence in things, it doesn't come from running away from them. If you're trying to combat anxiety or, or be more competent in areas, it comes from the crucible. It comes from, you know, going into the storm, into the fire, and then who, who you become on the outside of it is is the outcome of that. And I think that that's, I guess, so, so knowing, you know, how does it affect me in business is just I know that. I know that I'm tough because I've been, I've thrust myself into situations where I've had to be tough. You know, there's an old, um, there's one of those old adages that says when, uh, if you ask God for patience, he doesn't make you patient. He puts you in situations where you have to learn patience. Yeah. If you ask God to be confident, 
he doesn't give you confidence. He puts you in situations where you have to develop your confidence. And I think, yeah. I think that fighting was a good, you know, example of that. But I think that applies to any tough sport or any any real challenge where you where there's clearly going to going to be winners and losers, and you've got to put yourself on the line to achieve something. Beautiful. And the fact that you brought up that adage is so cool. Like the one where it's like, if God, uh, when you ask God for strength, he gives you reasons to be strong and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Love it, man. Love it. Well, speaking of that, speaking of that, uh, that feeling you get before your fight, right? The mix of adrenaline and everything like that. And people always think that that adrenaline is only in the fight or that adrenaline is only in sport or when you're being active. And man, that adrenaline comes in business, right? Before you sign a multi-million dollar deal or something like that. You know, you've always got that adrenaline built in and sometimes it becomes natural. So what calms you down? For me, it's a night run. For me, it's a night run listening to David Goggins, you know, running through the street. That's it. What's yours? I don't know. Mario Kart. Mario Kart. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you, you, like it's not one of those games that you can just sit yeah, and yeah. play for five hours straight, right? Like, you've wow. got a good hour. Yeah. And and because it's, it's, because basically, like, I've, I've done, I know how to meditate. I, I can do, you know, I've, I've like, I've had like hallucinations while meditating and stuff. Mm, like, mm. I, I'm very deep in that and I'm, I'm mm. quite religious. So, I, you know, I, a lot and stuff like yeah. that as well so i know how to quiet my mind but if i could you know i i find that just like an, like 40 minutes of mario kart on like online version yeah. that's like that does the that's same awesome. thing as meditation and it's <laughs> way so less cool. boring so yeah. so that's my answer <laughs> wow so that, but it's funny i didn't that. expect that at all <laughs> <laughs> well it's i'm actually oddly enough i'm like because i because i started playing it over covid because i just yeah, yeah, you yeah. know i couldn't do nothing yeah. Um, but I'm now I'm actually ranked like in the top 20 in Australia for Mario Kart. <laughs> so let me get this so straight. So you're a badass in the business. You're a badass in the office, and you're a badass on the console. What's going on? What's next? And you're a badass fighter. Uh, what? Are, <laughs> and you're a stripper, man. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> you're about to get married. I, but, that's crazy. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm rubbish. I'm rubbish at uh, at like first-person shooters or anything like that. It's yeah. really just Mario Kart, like and like you know nerdy RPGs. But it's yeah, it, it's tricky with video games, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I feel this way about doing like this is why I try, I try and advise a lot of the managers not to do like hard drugs on the weekend right mm -hmm. is because that that like that ecstasy pill might only cost you 20 30 bucks right but if you're in a business where you can have opportunity cost and you're not and you're not switched on until Thursday of the second week you yeah. could cost yourself $5000 in 100%. of what you would have made in profit that you didn't make because you didn't have your wits about you so that's 100%. a $5000 ping up like it's 100%. not I mean, I, and so, and no, I totally feel right. that way. And even though, yeah. even though deep down there's still a, a you know a, a huge nerd that just you know is dying to come out, right? I I, I find that you know I've got to be very selective with video games in particular because, mm. and for some people that might be watching sport, or some people that might be you know binge watching things or whatever. But if you've got a vice, like I know that all of my focus, like it's going to go right to the top of my reticular activating system where I'm not going to notice opportunities in my business because all I'm thinking about is how I can't wait to go home and beat the next level of that new game that came out. So, yeah. so really there's something to be said about watching your vices in business, especially as a business owner, because it's not just the, it's not just the running the risk of losing money, which you, which is omnipresent, right? But it's, it's the, it's the opportunity cost that you're losing for not being at your best. Wow. Yeah. Um, Jeez, you've you've brought about you've brought about an, an incredible uh, story from Ben Francis. He's the founder of Gymshark. You know Gymshark, the yeah, gym, yeah, yeah, cool. Ben Francis, an incredible guy, humble, like it's fantastic, right? And I've been watching him for a long time, and he talks about how one of the best decisions he made was playing World of Warcraft when he was younger. 
right? The strategy RPG game thingy, right? And yeah. for me, it was Age of Empires. Like for you, it's uh, Mario Kart, stuff like that. Everyone has that little vice, you know? And and you're right, you get thrust into it and then you can't get out of it. And the, what you said about opportunity costs is incredible as well because it's it, like my dad, for example, he used to tell me, I, I used to have a problem with waking up early, but I'd go to bed super late, like four in the morning and I'd wake up at like 11, right? And he'd be like, you need to wake, you need to wake up early every time. I'd be like, why dad? You know, I get the same amount of time sleep. Like the, America's awake when I'm asleep. You know, it doesn't make sense, right? And he's like, no, you need to wake up on time. And I'm like, why? And he's like, opportunity cost. Because every time you don't wake up at six, seven, eight, you miss those morning deals, right? You miss that early bird, you know? And the early bird gets the worm is fair. It's completely valid. Yeah. Well, you've also got, you've also got more, uh, you've got more dopamine and cortisol mm. when you wake up. So mm. up until about probably 12, you know, I, I mean, as late as 2.30, but normally that, that, you know, as soon as you're up, you've got the, I call it, I can't swear on this, is this just swearing? Oh, go, 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 go cool. for it. Yeah, so yeah. I call it, I call it fucks. So your measurement of energy is fucks. So, <laughs> you know, you want me to do like, uh, you know, I've got to go and do, you know, uh, read through this document. Well, that's going to take mm. me three fucks. If I only woke up <laughs> five. Like, so I'm going to see, you know, I don't, sometimes I don't have the fucks for that or I'm out yeah. of fucks for the day. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you just, if you wake up earlier and you start working, you've got more fucks in the morning than you do in the afternoons. So, so anyone that says they're not a, you know, anyone on oh, the night owl, it's like, no, you're just lazy and don't mm. wake up when your alarm says wake up. Right? Wow. <laughs> That's great. Uh, having less fucks to give is actually brilliant. And um, that reminds me as well, when you, when you said having the discipline to wake and you're lazy for not waking up in the morning, would you argue you're lazier not waking up on time in the morning or you're lazier not going to bed at the right time? What do you think? Uh, is more I, I think, I mean, I look at meta habits, right? So if mm. I, if I want to teach people, like if I want to teach sales staff that are doing face-to-face -face sales, yeah. they do, I want to teach them uh, how to have what we call C factors, right? Smile, yeah. eye contact, enthusiasm. So that when you greet somebody, you, you're in a, you know, you're, you're in a high, your higher emotional state, not cheesy, but still high status. Yeah. What I, but you also want to position yourself, stand at high status. And you want people to see your hands because the first people that, the first thing people look at subconsciously is to see if you've got a weapon, right? So you want to be smiling at them, looking at them, standing up straight and letting them see your hands. That's a lot to digest. Whereas if I just say, wave your hand at 90 degrees, right? Well, you have a neural anchor. If you try and wave your hand and look angry, it's, 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 you can do it, but it's hard. Your brain mm -hmm. is resisting mm -hmm. it. You feel like it just feels weird <laughs> because you've got yeah. what's called a, you've got a synapse or a neural anchor that right. when I do this, I smile. Yeah, so I've done so. that enough times. It's, it's hard wired there. And that naturally makes my posture good, naturally shows them my hand, naturally makes me smile and look at them. Mm -hmm. So, so having that little one thing, you know, can rather than trying to address all the little one percenters, I do one thing that unlocks all the other things where I can teach something very simply. And if you were, if, you, if waking up on time is more important, then you're going to go to bed at a reasonable hour. But in order to, to make that shift anyway, you're going to have to be tired on one day. Because if you, if you try to go to bed earlier, but you've woken up at 11 a.m. the night, the day before, good luck. Like, unless you've got some zannies or something like that, like, good luck. <laughs> So, yeah. so the, the first step is wake up early and then be really tired that day so that you go to bed at a reasonable time and then wake up early again the next day. So that's how I look at it. People don't realize that's the whole fight. That's the whole thing. You know, like the, the whole, <laughs> but, the whole but yeah. you got to understand that when you're, when you wake up, your brain's in what's called a theta state, which is your, where you're in. So Delta is these be the long drawn out waves, the brain waves that your brain operates on. Right. And like alpha is like this. If I'm like talking to you or if I'm doing something, mm. it's a much more, you know, it's a much higher oscillation. 
And but when you in that first sort of 90 minutes of waking up, your brain is, is sort of in the middle of delta and beta. And it's and so it's kind of still that makes it very impressionable. It's a very creative state, but it's also a very impressionable state. And so the, the first things that you see or do in the morning will prime or program the rest of your day. So, for instance, if the first thing I do is wake up and I look at social media and something pisses me off, I'm way more likely to be pissed off for the rest of the day. So, so, and that's why I have a rule called eight till eight. You don't touch your phone after 8 p.m. so that you don't get the light in your face and it makes you think it's daytime. It makes it way easier to go to bed if you don't have your phone in your face after 8, 8 p.m. And I don't touch my phone until 8 a.m. It's normally like 7.30, but 8 till 8 sounds better yeah. because I don't want to be, I don't want to be programming my brain with bad things. I also don't want to suck it into a dopamine vacuum, which social media and video games does waste a lot of your good dopamine for the day which makes you, gives you less fucks throughout the day, right? Yeah. And I, I also, if the first thing I do is I've, I've got an alarm that says get up and I say snooze, I'm programming my brain to not do the things I'm supposed to do because they're hard. Mm. And that makes me a weaker, less disciplined person. So I'm very big on don't hit the snooze button. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, like I, I used to have, I used to have this massive phase where I, I would I was trying to sleep optimize and I had all these different things and I had the red light therapy bed and everything and I had like I have this thing down there it's this it, you stand on it it's an alarm that you have to stand up to turn off and then I would travel but then I'll leave the alarm on so my whole family would wake up you know like all this kind of stuff and I realized very quickly well not not quickly very slowly now that it's all discipline and everything you said is exactly right it's all discipline it's all just the, how bad do you want it you know that kind of that kind of thing and you have this you have this contagious positivity that comes through the phone that's coming through this call right now i, I feel more positive talking to you already so clearly <laughs> what you're saying is working but most people, i just i thank you yeah, yeah but most people need like four shots of coffee to get to the stage you're at now and what time is it 1 43 p.m right so what yeah. what's your opinion on coffee are you are you coffee cocaine what are you like <laughs> I'm, I'm on meth bro now to be honest i mean I, I just like what i do i'm very passionate i'm mm. i don't i'm not somebody i don't like boring people yeah. And, and if I don't like boring people, I don't want to be boring. And the way yeah. that you don't be a boring person, do fun things and get excited about things. Yeah. Like, like I'm not a, I'm not big, I'm not into stoicism. I, everyone's, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. like the new craze of personal development is like, you got to be stoic and be a stoicist. And it's like, it's yeah, so but if, they, if you're yeah. not bothered by bad things, you, you can't be excited about good things. I'd rather just, you know, have better coping strategies for the bad things and still get excited because that excitement, like you said, it's infectious. I'm just yeah. excited about life. I wake up every day and the first thing I do is thank God that I got to wake up because I'm just, I, no matter what's going on, I'm just so excited to be awake. Yeah. Right. There was a, it was a cool one I saw from a, like a sales guy, his name's Brad Lee. And he was talking about, it. he said, if, um, if I offered you a hundred, a hundred million dollars, would you take it? Would you want it? What's the catch? Surely. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah but, if there's no yeah. catch, right. If there's yeah, no catch, there's sure. no catch and yeah, of course. Yeah. Said, I'll give you a hundred million dollars, but you're going to die at the end of the day. Hell right. Is so you, you're going to, you, you don't get to wake up at the end of the, at the you know, tomorrow yeah. you wouldn't, would you take that deal? No. Right. No, absolutely not. And, yeah. and it just shows it's like, if you're like, think of how grateful you'd be to get a hundred million dollars. Like, why aren't you that grateful to wake up if, if waking up to you is worth more than a hundred million dollars. And so I just, I just really infuse gratitude and I'm just, I'm so I'm thankful that I get to do what I love with who I love and how can you not be fired up about it? Absolutely, man. And it's funny because what, at the point you just made about, um, about, you know, being thankful, right. I think, I think a lot of people, like you just, you just 
when, when you made that $100 million analogy and you said, but you'll die at the end of the day, right? I feel like a lot of people just said, what's the cause and effect? Like, for example, if like so many people struggle with things like, you know, depression, suicide, whatever you want to call it, right? And they're thinking about themselves at the time. It's very selfish. But if they just thought about the people that would be impacted by the decision, same with you. Like if you're a CEO and you were thinking just about your own role and you weren't thinking about the impact of everything you do on your employees, right? So for example, if you weren't thinking about, you know, if I don't do this, if I don't, if I don't set this system up, then what happens to my employees? You don't go through, but a lot of people don't think about that cause and effect. So how did, were you always yeah. thinking about the cause and effect is what I'm trying yeah. to get to. It's, yeah. it's, it's funny you say that though, especially, especially pertinent to suicide because mm. that, I actually would counter argue that I think that, yes. that that for most people who struggle with suicide, the only reason they're still alive is because or, or you know, the main reason for them is because of the knowledge they have of, of how they would hurt the people they love. And and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I'm not someone mm -hmm. that's saying that, you know, they shouldn't feel guilty about it. No, my like seven years ago, my twin sister hung herself. And uh, she's not alive anymore. And it sucks. Like it's, it's still my birthdays suck. I don't have, I don't have happy birthdays anymore because I used to share it and now I don't. And so, uh, but, but before that happened, she, she progressively cut off each one of the family one by one to make it easier for herself to do that because she'd wanted it so long. And so I think that it's, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily that they're being selfish. I think that they're suffering and need help, but and and for me, I look at mental health like cancer, right? Like sometimes you can cure it, sometimes you can't. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, and I certainly feel for anyone that's been affected by it. Um, but, you know, I think that I, I don't think that it's as much as it's it's normally self it, it thinking about themselves, because that's where I think 70 percent of the time you think about yourself, 70 to 80 percent of when you're thinking about yourself, it's negative. So I do think they get in loops of negativity. But, you know, I I. I don't necessarily think it's rooted in selfishness, if that makes sense. I agree. I agree. And you've changed my perspective. I completely agree. Yeah. It's a wonderful way to put it. Wow. You've, you've stumped me a little bit. I'm just. <laughs> I got a lot um, going on, man. I don't. I, I no, wish I had you're like a, man. More, yeah. a more linear life. You know, well, it's kind of like all over. No, no, no. Stuff. I don't think you do. I don't think you do. I don't think you wish you had a more linear life. I think you like. like <laughs> no, I say that tongue in cheek. My life rocks. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> but yeah, well, I was just pretending to be humble. Yeah, well, I understand. Well, uh, people, uh, people have this weird fetish with humility. I find, but I feel like if you've earned the ability not to be humble, go for it. Like a lot of people find that inspiring. You know, like there's a difference between going out and, you know, buying Lambos, buying Bugattis and flexing, flexing out and everything like that. That's fine. Like if you want to do it, do it. But having, having a life that's deep rooted in real experience and real, like, like you've actually, you've lived a very experienced life, right? And you're, if you don't mind me asking, you're not that old, right? You're 29, aren't you? 33. 33. Sort of close. There we go. Almost there. But you're not that yeah. old, right? So you've lived so I'll much experience. It, no, come on now. Come on now. You've lived so much experience, so much life. And you've lived more than most people already, right? And a lot of people seem to have this weird thing with aging and they, they seem to have a weird thing and, and always being shy about how old they are. But I find if you've lived each second to the fullest and you've learned so many lessons, you've had such a rough life and such a difficult life over, over, over time, then when you get to that age, you should be proud of the achievements you've had. So are you proud? I, I, yeah, I'm thrilled. I'm, I, if I, if I were to have told my, if you could, if you could show like a day in my life to, 
like a 15 year old version of me and he'd be like no way like you know i'm very i'm starting and i'm i'm i've been able to make the, my you know the people who care about me proud and i've been able to you know it, it, i've had nothing but love around me and I'm, i i'm very very grateful for that so it's not it's i mean i wouldn't say pride and i've certainly got to give you know as much as i'd love to take credit for all of that a lot of that's been opportunity or god or whatever you want to call it right i i certainly wouldn't want to say that i'm the man or that i'm like you know the best thing ever because there's and there's, there's people that are far more successful than me and done done more i'm just very grateful for what i've achieved now to to correlate that with humility right i do think that you can't just be You've got to, you need humility in order to take feedback, in order to grow, in order to learn, and in order to know who you're around. Because, you know, there's an old, there's a Drake quote, not that I'm like a giant Drake fan, but he said this that I really like. He said, you've got to be careful who you talk about your goals around, because around the wrong people, it sounds like you're bragging. So you don't really want to be bragging. You want, you want to make sure that if you're talking about your highlights, that it's adding to the conversation. It's not just think more, think better of me or think I'm important. It's, hey, this is something I did and here's how it's applicable to the conversation or how it can help others. And that's sort of a, a balance that I've had to tinker with coming, especially coming from because I grew up in Bermuda. I went to high school in America and then I came back to Australia for university. And the American culture is much more, you know, look at me, look at my achievements, look at what I do. And it did take me a while to then come back to tall poppy Australia where I realized that some people don't like that. Yeah. So, so I think that's the. I guess there is a balance between, you know, pride and ego, but it's it's you know balance between sorry ego and humility. But it's just is it is it pissing people off that are input? Is it pissing people off who I don't want to piss off? Because I don't care if it pisses off someone that I don't want anything yeah, to do with their life. They are. Yeah. It's is it is it people that I actually like going? Hey, dude, can you not be so up yourself? Hmm. And it is something I struggle with sometimes because I'm such an extrovert. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I've scored, I, I'm in, I'm in the 99th percentile of extroversion on a big five analysis. Oh, wow. So, so I'm literally like top 1% of extroversion. Like if I'm wow. alone for two hours, I get sad. So, yeah. so bragging and, and talking about yourself because you want that serotonin mm. and, and to feel important, it does kind of sneak out sometimes, but maybe it's just getting better at hiding it or slipping it into a story where it doesn't look as obvious that you just want to feel important. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And you, and you actually circled into one of the questions I was going to ask. I was going to ask you a question because you grew up in, as you said, Australia, Bermuda and uh, Colorado, right? Colorado, was it? I did a bit of Colorado, a bit of Virginia. Oh, Virginia. Okay, so, cool. So, yeah. So you just mentioned that in Australia, right? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think what, what are the main things you learned from each culture, right? And what you just mentioned, you mentioned a tall poppy syndrome. Is there anything else you learned from Australian people? And then maybe go into American and Bermuda as well. I'm curious yeah, to hear about so this perspective, man. So what you find, like Bermuda's awesome. I, mm. I just find anywhere tropical, people are just happy. People are yeah. just happy to see you. It's just, it's just a warm culture. And I find that not, you know, literally and figuratively. And I find like same as like you go to Fiji, everyone just likes it. That's why I can't stand Bali, right? People yeah, always say like, yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah. you got to go to Bali. Bali's the best. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, it's like you get food poisoning every yeah. time you go right? Yeah. The cops are all corrupt, right? The locals hate you. And yeah. all the people you run into are people right. you're trying to avoid yeah. from home. <laughs> like, yeah. like, so I, when I go on holiday, I, I like having somewhere that's warm. And I think that's what I like about Queensland in particular, and even more mm. so than Sydney, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are just like, hey, how you doing? Like, you, you just see a stranger walking the opposite direction. You're like, hey, how you doing? And they're like, yeah, I'm good. How are yeah, you? Yeah, they're chill. Good. That's and good. it's just, you're just giving warmth to each other. You don't get that in Sydney, right? You're and right, so, man. You're, and, and, and like, absolutely. And I actually mentioned this in a previous podcast, and I, pro- I apologize for interrupting, but. In, in, yeah in in my university because I'm, I'm trying to i'm also trying to balance a degree which is fucking difficult but um in in the degree in my university especially after covid which is kind of understandable but even now no one looked up from their phone right you would walk past someone if someone walks past me and doesn't even acknowledge i i'm furious right and it, it screws me up for the rest of the day so in university they were just buried into their phone like literally walking like this right and i was just thinking what are you doing like, what's so important that you need to fill your face with this? To me, it's a tool. This is a tool. It's not entertainment. You know, so yeah. have you ever had that that issue as well where, you know, you're walking past people and you kind of like, just like, ah, oh, get off your phone, you know, what are you doing? And as you said, you get sad if you don't speak to someone for two hours. You know, it's just- I, Look, I try not to dwell. I try not to dwell on things I can't control, mm. right? If you, if you spend time thinking about things that you can't control, you're just going to get pissed off every time you see them. Absolutely. Um, and so for me, I just, I always, I, I actively try and divert my thoughts to things that I can control mm. and I'm not going to be able to influence that person. What am I going to pull them up and say, Hey, you should be on your phone list. You know, who the hell are you? Right. I'm just going to focus on, I'm like, okay, like I'll look at the trees, you know, I'll, I'll look at the, yeah. you know, I'll, 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 or I'll think I'll be thinking as I walk. Like, so I don't, um, I don't really harbor it's a, I, I try, you know, if you can't change something, change your attitude about it. Right. And so for me, I'd be thinking, okay, well, where's my, Where's, where are the opportunities I can have from my, you know, <laughs> omniscient walking compared to their tunnel vision phone walking? You know, what, what, what could I play more pranks on people doing yeah, that? Fair. You know, could I, scare, could I scare people that are doing, I, you know, I'm just, you know, that's obviously a little vindictive, but I, you know, I also don't mind being a prick sometimes. All right. As long as yeah. it's in good taste. So, yeah, so it's just, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think, yeah, I probably wouldn't outright just try and cause misery to people, no. but you know, it, you you just get the idea. Like I, I'd be yeah. if I can't change something, I'll change my attitude about it. You're right, man. And like it's it's cool because in you know in when you go to a coffee shop in the city in Sydney, for example, uh, most people aren't really you know going to turn around and talk to you. But it's like when you go to a country town. Like I remember um, when I went to Melbourne, I landed in uh, Avalon Airport because I had to meet with someone not near there uh, in Geelong. And um, when I got there, because Avalon's more of a, it's like more of a, I don't know too much about the geography of Melbourne. Country, it's yeah, more of a country, yeah. So, and it was a coffee shop down the road. And I was fully expecting to get stonewalled by the person in front of me, but they turned around and had a conversation. It was so random. And like, yeah. we're sitting down at a table, we just had a massive conversation with the other people. And it's funny because everyone intrinsically- was I, love, I love those little bite-sized ones. Yeah. Yeah. What's he calling them in, in Fight Club? I think he calls them, yeah, I think he calls them sample size or bite size or something, sample or fun size, size yeah. conversations. Yeah. Where you just have a little package of a, of a conversation of meeting someone and you never see them again. Well, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I really, I cherish some of those. Well, it's funny, Barrett, because um, uh, what I have this network as well that I started running out two years ago. And my, my group and I, we every Friday or Saturday, we go to the city. So when everyone else is drunk and partying and everything at like 10 p.m., we go and we run and we train. Like we run across Barangaroo and across the whole thing through the crowds and everything because people always get pissed off. Right. And it's good because for us, it builds our confidence. Right, because we're wearing workout clothes when everyone else is wearing suits and everything and drunk and having fun and all that stuff. And you always get in altercations and arguments every time. And it trains us because we're training ourselves to be more disciplined and not to engage in these kind of things and everything. And it's funny because when you mentioned that before about the whole um about the whole, you know, like the um when people walk past and they nod and they talk and you can talk and play pranks on people and everything. I feel like that kind of thing and that kind of exposure to those really embarrassing situations. For me, it was performing on stage. 
for me it was like being an idiot and trying to rap when i was younger and playing guitar on stage and stuff and tried comedy yeah. all this kind of stuff and it never worked out and at the time you're like damn it this, that sucked you know when you get off the stage you're like ah oh, like and you, you just want to go home and like go under a blanket and sleep you know but a couple of years later you're you're like damn that was that was really impactful and i want to is know that, is that when you started your mistakes list uh <laughs> oh man uh the mistakes list is quite recent actually uh for context the mistakes list is a thing that i do when i journal so every night um before i go to bed in, um i go off my phone i have this journal right here somewhere where is it yeah Right. I have a bunch of these black books lying around and I just write down um, what happened to, in the day. So exactly what I did, because a lot of people go to bed and they forget what they've done and they get like, oh, I didn't do anything today. It's like, no, you did this, 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 this. You just forgot it. Right. And then I also write down my mistakes. So I write down, you know, what's one thing I did terribly and how do I fix it? Because if you just write down your mistakes, you'll go to bed upset. Right. But if you write down your mistakes and then the exact steps to repair that, so it never happens again, you go to bed hopeful yeah. and, and excited. So, so there's actually... It's funny. It's funny you say that, right? Because journaling, as much as you think like, oh, you know, dear diary, like Harry Perry, there's actually two really substantial scientific benefits to journaling. So number one is around how learning works, because obviously when you're learning, that's that's forming a synapse and mm -hmm. coding it with a chemical called myelin, like a fatty sheet that sort of makes it more effective. Wow. And the process of integrating education. So when you learn something to get it through into the middle of your brain from the outside of your brain that actually significantly improves when you reflect on something after you've had a break from it happening. Right. So reflecting on a lesson after you've learned it really, really good for synaptic growth makes you a lot, makes learnings much, much quicker. It's the same as like when you teach something after you learn it, you're more mm. likely to, to remember it. So, so that's, that's really beneficial in and of itself as far as journaling is concerned, especially around your mistakes list, right? Or yeah, mistakes yeah. and solutions. But the other part of it is in order to process any sort of emotional trauma, regardless of how little it was, even if you like stubbed your toe, you know, it's got to, what happens is it catches in the middle of your brain called your, in your limbic system. And it actually needs to draw out through your hippocampus and process as a memory in order for it to be, to, to be something that happens because in the, in your limbic system, it doesn't have a sense of time. And that, that happens in the outer layers of your brain. So really understanding that it's not something that's going to continue happening to me. It's something that I, that happened and it goes from your, into your, from your hippocampus through, through your hippocampus into your right brain, where you experience the, it's the experiential side, how it felt. And then once you've done that, it then transfers over to your left brain as something that happened which is why you're seeing a lot of uh, really good results with PTSD treatment now. Mm -hmm. They just get people high as shit on, on MDMA mm -hmm. or on uh, mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And so there's like a limit of how sad they can get, more so to the MDMA. And then they live, they relive these memories, pull them out through that hippocampus and then lodge them as something that has happened rather than something that can keep attacking you and hurting you. And so Incredible. even to a lower degree, when you're journaling every night, it helps you process the trauma that happened through the day, no matter how small scale, and it'll leave you feeling more refreshed each morning. So there's really, there's two benefits of journaling um, that, that you, you obviously get the, you know, get the value of because you do it. But if anyone's like, oh, why should I journal any of your listeners? There's actually a lot of science behind why it's beneficial for you. I never thought about it that way. That's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, journaling is incredible. Yeah, it's nerdy. <laughs> it's yeah, good it's, and nerdy. No, but it's no, it's fantastic. And I, I'm just shocked that you know this much, man. You seem. You, how many languages do you know? I'm sure you know a few. Uh, just just English and Spanish, but I speak. Yeah, Bermuda's got its own like it's its its own weird Caribbean accent. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can't, you, 
you can definitely miss miss hear or understand it, but just English and Spanish. But I think you see a lot of, and I know we've only got a couple minutes left. But if you look behind me, right, like yeah, you got the title belts. But mm. the, the reason that I I've been able to achieve so much is because I've read every one of those. Oh, like man. that. If, once you get your head around how like how effective knowledge can be and how much it can help you in business, it's it's you know when you really get your head around the idea that knowledge is a superpower as long as it's relevant knowledge. You, you're, if you find it more important and more interesting, you're more likely to retain it anyway. But simultaneously, it's you're able to put it into action, and then you're you're focusing on going out and improving every day, which makes your performance better anyway. And you're just getting a leg up. Like for me, the what my mentality is like: I don't care if you're better than me at what I do. You won't be for long because I'm out learning you. Mm. And and if you just keep that mentality, it, you find that it it really does. Even if it doesn't pay dividends right away. Down, down the line, you, you'll see the difference between someone that's growing but not actively learning versus someone who's really growing and learning, you know? So that's my, my mentality. Everyone talks about outworking people. I've never heard that outlearn people, but you're completely right. You're completely right. Well, if you, if you want to be great at anything, it's, it's, it's how do I be great? How do I separate myself? Well, I need to know more than other people know. And then I need to do more of those things than other people do. And yeah. so if you know more and you do more, that's what makes you great. And, and so, you know, and a lot of people try and skip that first part and they go straight into the ice bath and they're all disciplined, disciplined, disciplined. But the education is, is a precursor to the discipline. Yeah. Now I want to ask you questions related to your sales career and what you do as a business owner. So there's a video on your YouTube channel about the three C's, the three deadly C's in sales. And I want to know what are they? From the top of your head, <laughs> it's a look. I say it a little bit, a little bit tongue in cheek. I just, I, I try and put as much humor into when I teach as possible, because mm. um, obviously, what's you know, what's fun gets remembered, right? Definitely. Um, and so one thing, just when I in cautioning good sales reps, because a lot of good sales reps are very dopamine addicted in in general, because making a sale gets you dopamine, right? You, you apply, you work hard, you have goals, you achieve them. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a pretty wonderful chemical, but there's Definitely. a lot of. Uh, counterfeit ways that you can get it that aren't really productive to life in general and so the three c's are chicks coke and casinos right and or or the you know the male equivalent of chicks which you know use your imagination yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. and but the idea that so the look obviously toxic relationships you know so it's fine to have a healthy relationship but the mm. toxic ones where it's like you know where you're constantly working and you don't know what version of them you're going to get and it's always on your toes and something's ex exciting's happening and now you're anxious and now they give you a bit of love and you're happy it can it, it can really derail you because it, it just it'll you're much more prone as someone who works in sales to be enticed by those things because it gives you a lot more dopamine likewise uh, any sort of upper, any sort of uh, like cocaine, uh, meth, even 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 Dexys like the ADD medication, like yeah, Adderall, yeah. people can that, right? It's because it's cheap dopamine. It's you, know, you can get all the dopamine without having to achieve it, and it gets you a lot more dopamine than doing a normal, you know, I did that good job activity would. Um, and then casinos, gambling is another one because you get it hacks into a system called random intermittent reward, um, which oh, is you you know. You, the same action and you get a different result every time mm. um social media does that where you you know you, you pull down the the app just like you would like a slot machine and then you get something new each time that that's what keeps you on the app. That way. yeah yeah they, they they actually reverse engineered a lot of things that make gambling so profitable mm. um and so i always say if you're you know if you're in sales 
just be aware of those three deadly seas because, you know, be, be able to be aware, could this be a, an, an unhealthy relationship? Do I need to fix my weekend habits a bit more? Or, or, you know, if I've got a gambling problem, do I need to take, you know, that gambling to be, to be, in my honest opinion, I think is actually the worst of all of them. Did you know that that 25% of gambling addicts commit suicide? No, because it, it just, they, they just can't, they, they cannot help but let everyone they love around them down. And they'll steal from their families. They'll, yeah. you know, it's not, not at all, obviously. I mean, just, no, just yeah. some things that are more likely to happen if you are a gambling addict. And remember, get addict being the key word, which means it influences your life and mm. impacts your life negatively. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, so, so that's, that's what I always caution people for. Yeah, man. And it reminds me like a, a few days ago, I went to uh, star casino in, in Sydney, just, just to look, and, um, I'm not a gambler, right. Um, you, you, some people will call business a gamble, but that's a fun gamble. You know, it's a predictable gamble. You know, um, you got you're betting more, on yourself. Though. Yeah. That's yeah. You got right? more variables I mean, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you go, uh, I went, I went to the casino and you're expecting, like, I, I, I don't go to casinos much, but you're expecting, you know, everyone in suits and everyone to be dressed up and like, it's more of a formal occasion than anything, but people are in t-shirts and flip-flops and they're just casually hitting the slots some people were wearing um this is disgusting some people were wearing nappies it's depressing eh? yeah yeah they believe in the they believe in the machine so much that they don't want to leave it like it's it's a nightmare it's an absolute nightmare and you're yeah. right it's depressing it is and i think yeah, you you want to you want to be depressed you go into any sports sporting section gaming section of a um of a bar because australia's got them got them everywhere and yeah. it's just the you like spend some time just looking at the people that are on the pokies and you're like, oh, that's just, that's not who I want to be, you know? So, yeah. And you so try, yeah, like, you try and have a conversation with them. You try and have a nice conversation with them. And they're like, like, as you said, you're an extrovert, I'm an extrovert too. You try and have a conversation with them. They're super angry and they're super tense all the time. And you just, you can't do anything. You know, there's nothing you can do. And yeah. yeah. But, um, and you, you said you're a mentor, right? You, you do a lot of mentoring as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of my business is mentoring, right? And and I've got it down into a pretty replicable system, right? It's aim, fire, reload. So mentoring oh, shit, really yeah. is broken down. Yeah, it's broken down into, number one, helping people pick goals that are meaningful for them and actually get leverage to and, and clear steps, right? Sometimes I always say you don't need motivation. You need clarity and discipline. So giving right. them clear steps and then, and then accountability towards those steps mm. can, you know, motivation is not always going to be there. So, so that right. one is, you know, a really important goal setting and aligning that with their purpose and what they, you know, and the things that matter to them. Mm. Then it's about evaluation, which is, and I've got probably three or four different, you know, metrics that I use or, or models that I use to help people evaluate themselves and see what areas they need to improve on. And then the last one is, is obviously is, is if, you know, when you got to pick people up when they're down and just mm. helping them clear a lot of the clutter out of their head. And that's stuff I talk about a lot in my book as well. So it's called leadership in sales. Leadership in sales. Do you know the blurb off by heart or? Uh, the blur. I know the subtitles. Four simple steps to more sales, more scale, and more success. I, I couldn't read the back to you off by heart. It's you know, it's just ironic. Like once I did it, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, but it's just it's just all the the cool thing about the book was that it's um, it's all stuff that works. It's not it's not theory that I'm just regurgitating, and it's not something I just read in a in a Tony Robbins book, and I'm just giving it to you you know, back with some mm. of, you know, would be, you know, personal coaches and life coaches and stuff do to you. It's stuff that I've like meticulously applied and worked and tinkered with that works in my business that, and, and a lot of it's original, a lot of it's um, stuff that would just came from, you know, sort of like you just looking at what's going wrong and then figuring out ways to fix it. And, mm. you know, when you see, you, you see trends of, okay, this definitely works, you can kind of refine it that way. And that's what a lot of it's about. Yeah, and I, I completely, I completely believe you as well because Sony, like the only, the only time I got, 
real value from from a book like recently the real value was was probably the uh the one jim gave me and the reason that is is because he talks exactly like you do right he knows everything about his brain he knows everything about his memory he knows everything about the health part and he's super obsessed with it like the he wrote the epigenetics book as well which is all about the history of the world and the history of health in um and i don't know too much about it but like the meta tags and how you can switch them on and off and stuff like that and he knows so much yeah. about his brain as well and you do too so i can tell everyone listen i haven't read the book that um i haven't read uh, barrett's book but i can say if you know this much about his brain he knows that much about everything else so i'd, I'd definitely recommend getting it. i'll get one myself and we'll do it and your goal man of helping over a hundred thousand people through your programs is fucking ambitious have you done that yet do you think no 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 where look we, we still got a lot more growing to do right the upside is it's exponential growth right mm -hmm. when you the more leaders that you bring in and people that yeah i mean you don't you don't find leaders you find talented people and you teach them the skills they need to become competent leaders which mm -hmm. i i really genuinely believe i think we do better than anyone in the world right now um and it's something or at least it's something that we aspire to be is the best the best company in the world at teaching at developing young people who want to be successful That's uh, it. Um, and so the more people that we can that we can get to a level that they can train other people in the better so it's just about scaling them all right it's been an absolute pleasure man i've really enjoyed interviewing you you've been um genuinely brilliant and the advice you've given the tips you've given and the health tips you've given have just been genuinely incredible and i'm grateful that you shared the time with me and um i'm sure my viewers would want to pass on thank you too so where can they find you to do that uh yeah look instagram's probably my best linkedin going well as well tiktok everything so just just type in my first name b a double r a double t and you'll figure out the rest it'll look like me um and if you if you feel if you're in sales or sales management or anything like that um feel free to grab a copy of my book as well awesome my friend awesome i'll put all those links in the description as well and my, well, last time i'll say this has been an absolute pleasure and i wish you all the best for your day River. thanks so much tom all right my friend talk soon bye